if you want to live, this is what you have to do. You know, there's a, there's a huge moment of clarity right there because everything, everything comes fast forward. You're thinking about, I want to be here for, I want to be able to retire because Angie and I have plans for after we retire to travel all over. I'm looking at not being able to do that. I want to see my grandkids grow up. I want to see my children continue to thrive. Um, I want to be there for Danielle's graduations. Right. I want to see how big I can make this business before I, which pales in comparison to all the other stuff, but still I have that drive. I want to see what I can do. I am an everyday athlete. I am an everyday Everyone, this is Jared Bassin with Mark McCain, and you're listening to Everyday Athlete, a podcast devoted to bringing you the amazing stories behind the lives of day-to-day CrossFit athletes like yourself. Today we have Jeff Ryan. Uh, Jeff is actually the, I think, the initial inspiration for this podcast when Mark and I originally talked. Um, I think you were the, the, the first person that we had in mind that we wanted to talk to, uh, mainly because we've gotten to know each other over the years, and uh, I think it's we've heard your pretty amazing story and you're going to be humble and say it's not amazing but it is a pretty pretty amazing story um and we'll just kind of talk through our day and our next hour or whatever we got here and uh kind of talk about how you got where you are today does that work <laughs> that works i was kind of surprised when you approached yeah did you know that so, yeah did you know that you were the inspiration for this podcast i had no idea so um i can't imagine why but I appreciate that. Well, and again, the the the, the kind of backstory behind this whole idea that we have is, you know, Mark listens to a lot more podcasts than I do. But we've, I think, the number one. What I listen to podcasts. Mark listens to podcasts. The number one that we listen. Number one, uh, as far as CrossFit goes, is is going to be like that barbell shrugged, and not that they don't have great stuff, but they're it seems like they always have these really unattainable athletes and you know superstars on there. And I think what we're finding is, you know. The people who come through our doors have just as amazing story as the people who have gone to the CrossFit Games, right? And they also are living, you know, your your day-to-day life of going to a job, you know, for you running a business. We'll get into that in a little bit. Um, and basically just having a, a normal, what we consider a normal day-to-day life. So um, speaking of your life, we'll have, I would like to go a little bit into a backstory, kind of where you grew up, uh, you know, where you're from what you did when you were growing up, because I think you were a little adventurous compared to most kids <laughs> whilst growing up. Well, uh, I'm originally from a little town in uh, central Pennsylvania called Carlisle, which isn't really known for anything except a car show, but unless you're a car buff, you don't really know that either. So um, <clears throat> it was, uh, well, to be quite honest, it was, it wasn't that great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, when, when we were, me and my brother, we grew up in, in a broken home, and we were dirt poor. And uh, we are the quintessential kids from the wrong side of the tracks. But uh, <clears throat> we both kind of made a 
promise to ourselves that uh, we weren't that we weren't that person. Mm -hmm. We weren't those people. And uh, was there like a defining moment that was like we're not going to be those people? I think it evolved yeah. over a number of things. I'm not going to go into the sort of details, but I mean, just to give you an idea, you you can take it from there wherever your mind goes. But um, our our old man was a violent alcoholic, mm -hmm. and uh, <clears throat> so I don't think we ever just said we had a defining moment, other than all the defining moments that happened in that situation. Right. Sure. So actually, I guess my defining moment was when I was in high school as a senior. And you know, when you're a senior, the, uh, they give you this, uh, the guidance counselors uh, give you this uh, uh, exit interview. Sure. Right. You know, hell, I'd never seen a guidance counselor for the whole time I was there. And all of a sudden, <laughs> I got to go see this guidance counselor. Tell them you know? what you're going to do with your life. And my mom's got to come, you know. So the guidance counselor was <clears throat> asked me what I was going to do. And I said, well, I'm going to go to college. And he didn't even know I'd gotten a scholarship, right? So he tells me, he looks at my mom, doesn't even look at me, and says, I think you'd be better off just getting a job. Oof. So that was my defining moment, like, oh, you know, oh, yeah, no matter what, I'll show you. Yeah, right, you absolutely. Uh, that's, where did you get a scholarship to? Uh, the Williamson College of the Trades in Philadelphia. Okay. Very cool. Um, Man, actually, without that school, it was an all-boys school. Very small school, self-funded right. by the alumni and grants by a lot of large corporations. And um, without that school, I'm not sure if I'd have shown anybody what I could do. Right. That school kind of... What, um, what attracted you to, to that school to apply for a scholarship? I didn't want to go. <laughs> so nothing. <laughs> no, uh, it, it, my uh, machine shop teacher was an alumni, mm. and he took an interest in me in my senior year. Very cool. And asked me what I was going to do, and I said, I'm just going to go to work. And he said, well, have you ever considered college? And I thought, no, I'm not college material. And so he took me there for a visit. Wow. And you have to go, you have to write an, an essay telling them why you want to go there. Sure. Then they'll select people out of that group to call in for interviews. So you go for a whole day of interviews with faculty and senior students and things. Then you have to take these tests. And if you go through that, if, you run, if you're successful in running that gauntlet, um, you're one of, at that time it was 85 out of over 1,000 people. Wow. Wow. But it's really strict. It's almost like a military school. <clears throat> so when I got the letter, I threw it in a garbage. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom found it, so I was busted. So, yeah. But really, once I got there, I found a home. Wow, very cool. Um, so um, what other kind of things did you get into as a kid? Because I know you had... We'll call it an adventurous. I mean, oh, you said go karting. You said we football. Played, we played. I played football. Football is my passion. Growing up, I right. played baseball just for something to do. I enjoyed it. My brother was a really good baseball player, good football player too. I think he was. He was probably the better athlete out of both of us. But we both did pretty good in sports. Um, 
then I picked up this new fad in high school as well called skateboarding. And uh, me and the guys in the neighborhood, we used to, <laughs> it was this neighborhood where um, they were still building houses and we yeah. needed wood for ramps. So nobody's ever heard this other than my wife, but <laughs> we, used to, we used to sneak out at night and go to where they were building the houses and we'd pry the plywood off the walls and we would take the roof trusses Build ramps? Yeah, and we take those, we disassemble them and build ramps. <laughs> That's a solid time right there. We, yeah, we uh, we did somewhat the same, but we definitely weren't taking uh, taking a piece of plywood off the wall. No. We go dumpster diving. Yeah, dumpster well, diving and pick up the uh, the scraps they had thrown away because they'll 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 miscut a sheet of plywood by an eighth of an inch and throw it away. So. Wow. I wish, uh, looking back, that's not something I'm proud of, but it's something we Now in the business that you're in now. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, now I look at it as theft. At right. that time, it's like, hey, there's wood, let's go get it. I don't want to uh, jump too far ahead, but um, I would like to talk a little bit about your kind of journey towards us and how you got there. Mm -hmm. So I know that we definitely weren't the first... Um, the first people you went to, right? I mean, no, you guys were my... You, you, were, you were the last stop and because regardless if it was a good experience or a bad experience I was done searching right I had, I had gone through uh, three other gyms and what kind of turned you away from thinking this is a place for me versus finding a place that was like yeah I want to be here okay well when I I don't even know how it, I didn't even know what CrossFit was um, but I knew I had to do something and I knew I didn't know anything about fitness. And so to get a, just to go to a, a regular, uh, gym and, and get a membership, I guess I could have done that, but I realized that I don't know what I'm doing form wise or exercise or what, or any of that. So I, I need to find a place that they teach you right. and they watch you so I don't hurt myself or something, which, you know that didn't work out too well once either but uh, um, so somehow I, I was looking on YouTube and found this CrossFit thing it looked interesting it looked really challenging but it, what, what appealed to me was that uh, all the all the coaches had to go through this training mm -hmm. and be be certified right and I thought man that's that's that sounds like the place for me. These guys know what they're doing. So literally just a YouTube search, stumble upon and... Yeah, I mean, like, just, wow. just by luck. Well, and the cool thing is that, uh, like what you said there, is it looked challenging and you said, I want to do that. Yeah. You know, and again, uh, we, we deal with it a lot of, I think there's, there's definitely more than two personalities, but I think there's almost two camps where it's, wow, that looks really hard, I want to do that, or I can never do that, you know? And both of them need reeling in in one direction or the other. You know, the people who think, I can do that. Like they need reeling in because they think they can do anything without, you know, any sort of supervision or direction. And the other camp being, I can't do that. You need to push them to tell them they can do it. Um, and I think that's what's really cool about what we do is we get yeah. both those camps and we can kind of mold them, right? Um, so you came to us um, a little bit, definitely not intimidated, but basically uh, let down. I think. Oh, I was, I was. I was really disappointing because the first place I went <laughs> they didn't have I didn't even know what an on-ramp program was until I got here I didn't know what I was doing and uh, 
We don't know what we're doing sometimes. That's okay. <laughs> well, I, I picture this. Uh, a 52-year-old guy driving halfway across the city because I didn't know how prevalent this was. Right. I figured, okay, it's just, you know, I found one on, I found, found this on the internet. Right. And I thought, okay, you know, that's the only location, so that's how naive I was. But, um, so I'm driving halfway across the city at four in the morning, right, <laughs> to get to my first. Oh, man. To get to my first thing. And <clears throat> they put me at the over in the corner right and we had to do this workout and we're doing at that time i didn't know they were cleans and stuff like that i was just knew that i didn't know what i was doing and this was they just said three two and, one go yeah and then then i had to jump rope which i'm no good at anyway so i was over there messing around so it was just a total disaster so i went back three more times and it wasn't any better for me maybe it's it's okay for other people i'm sure because they had plenty of uh members right <clears throat> but i thought man i'm just this is this is really difficult i don't know what i'm doing uh, and it definitely i'm sure it felt like a little bit of an outcast right i did i mean and there's i don't care who you are how charismatic you are how many uh tough situations you've been in if you feel like an outcast you don't want to be there you know, and it, it, it really doesn't matter who you are, but if you're put in a situation where you don't want to, you're not feeling welcome, you're most likely not going to come back. Yeah, I um, mean, they were nice enough. And then the second place, <coughs> geez, pardon me. The second place, same story kind of, pretty much. Uh, I found it the only good, the only uh, positive thing on that, on the second place I found was it was much closer to the house because mm -hmm. at least I figured, well, I gotta find some place closer. I'm right. not gonna drive all the way across the city at four in the morning. But uh, again, uh, there was no introductory thing. It was just, you get, you get thrown out there. Right. And um, it's discouraging because you really don't feel like you're accomplishing anything. Mm -hmm. And uh, you wanna do this. And you want and you want to be at the spot that the other members are at, but you feel uh, you just feel so inept. Yeah, and, and out of place and, and, and awkward. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you kind of ended up at, at our place. Uh, I, I guess so. You know, you were the last ditch effort. Last ditch effort, and and you kind of showed up and explained to us that you told us like this is this is it for me, and you know it was it's well, one of those things that we. We took you in and, and kind of describe how that day went. Well, yeah, it was it was positive right from the start because, you know, I called the phone number and I thought, well, with the way this is going, I'll probably have to call three or four times. But uh, Mark called me back that afternoon. Yeah. And we arranged to come in. And he talked about this on-ramp program that was for beginners. I thought, yeah, now you're talking, right? Because <laughs> I'm about as green as green could get, man. What is this? You talk about everyday athlete. I'm about, you know, Joe Lunchpail as anybody out <laughs> there. So we did we did the on-ramp thing, and I felt really comfortable. Yeah. And when you come in to uh, Triumph, I saw all these people, like, talking, uh, greeting each other, saying goodbye. And at that time, you had that separate room, mm -hmm. you know? 
at the old place. And all I wanted to do was get over there. Right. Because that looked completely different than the experiences I'd had up to that point. Right. Like, and people would greet you, introduce themselves to you. Right. And so little did I know that um, that was just as important to me being a part of something like that, being a part of this, what you call the aptly so, the Triumph community, as, as the workouts. Being, being genuine towards people. Yeah. You know, we, Mark and I literally just were pulling off the exit on 42 there, and there's that Ponderosa. I'm like, that has got to be the only Ponderosa around. And it's been in business for 45 years. And I told Mark, it's like, I guarantee you, if you walk in, they're probably some of the nicest people you've ever met in your life. That's yeah. probably the reason they've been in business for 45 years. It doesn't matter if it was a Ponderosa or whatever yeah. chain it may be. It's probably the, the, the people that run it and then the trickle down, you know, kind of towards their, their wait staff, their busters, their cooks. They're probably all just very genuine and nice people. Yeah, and that's what, that, that's what kept me coming back here was the coaches, you guys, so, uh, and your philosophy, and then the people. From, from day one until now, um, what's your kind of, if you had your day one outlook and, you know, two or three years down the road outlook, how have they changed? Well, I know I probably drive you guys crazy because um, I, I came in fully committed to the CrossFit. Right. And again, getting back to cleans and snatches and stuff, I was really terrible at it. And I thought, I got to, you know, what's this barbell club? Can I try this to get mm -hmm. better at it, you know? So that's how I grabbed, it's been an evolution yeah. from the first time to now. It's been an evolution in a number of ways. <clears throat> um, because when I first came in, my goal was simply to get more physically fit. Yeah. Were you doing anything prior to that? No, and it showed. I mean, my doctor had been on me for years to come in here. Was that a, was that a big reason, like why you searched out some sort of fitness regimen? Yeah, because I had a checkup. Check this out. <laughs> my pulse rate was 119. Resting heart rate. Resting heart. Oh rate. man, <laughs> like a and, hummingbird. And every time I go, uh, my weight kept increasing. You know, and uh, what, what do you think was causing that? Oh. It's probably a number of things. I mean, I know you have a, have a family, you have a, you own a business that. Yeah, you know, it's been said numerous times uh, by a lot of people that if you make something a priority, you're going to make time for it. We literally and just said that prior. Yeah, we were just, just talking, talking about, about that. that. And I can, I can relate to people saying I don't have time for it because at that time I had only owned the business for five years and I was putting in long hours and the business was my focus, as it still is, but I was neglecting everything else. I was neglecting my health, I was neglecting my family, friends. I mean, sure. I was so focused on the business so and the, so the the health kind of goes to the wayside. It does, and you keep thinking, as we all do. Um, I'm okay. I'll get to it. Yeah. You know. Well, 
eventually uh, you don't get to it. Yeah, well, that's, uh, that's one thing as far as the priorities go, and I, I, I try and stress to people when we talk about goal setting is, you know, that's why we talk about those measurable goals, you know, whether it's two weeks, two months, two years, is you have to have some sort of light at the end of the tunnel. Because if you just say, well, I'm gonna to get to that, number one, you'll never get to it. Number two, you're gonna run yourself in the ground, like like with the business, for example, we'll get to that after we get to a, after a little bit of a break, but um, if, if there's no goal, it's one thing that we struggle with, Mark, is, is like we need these definable goals because otherwise we're working towards nothing and then other stuff goes by the wayside because we're prioritizing one thing, but we, we never get back to prioritizing the other things that are also important. Yeah, interestingly enough, you know, I'm a goal-oriented person. I mean, at the company, we have targets and goals we shoot for. But when I came in here, my only idea, oddly enough, I didn't set any goals just to get Just to get fit. better, yeah. So it was, the experience was better, and I was actually doing something and enjoying it, but I was still kind of lost. And we can get back to how I gravitated to Barbell Club and stuff. Yeah, yeah I'd like to talk about that. Um, after your break. No, we, we can talk about that now. We'll talk a little bit about Barbell and, and how you got involved with that. and. Obviously, that's turned into a little bit of a love affair. Uh, we've talked about, you know, your the kind of uh, mental break you get from from something like a barbell club, where oh, yeah. um, it's so focus driven, and obviously you're you're physically doing something. Um, what was that transition for you, as far as um, moving from more of a cross? Because we we still you still come in and exercise, but mainly you're coming in for barbell, and you've set goals. Um, with said barbell, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, um, as I said, it's, it's been an evolution. And when I first went to barbell, I was there mainly strictly for improvement for my uh, barbell work in CrossFit. And then um, after a while, uh, especially after my injury, um, I just kept going to barbell club. I blocked that out of my mind. I didn't even think about the injury. Yeah, I'd like to block it out. <laughs> but, uh, uh, um, so that's how I gravitated toward it. And it's become, as you said, a love affair. It's, it's become a big passion of mine. And um, I think that's the magic word, right? Yeah, it's, I'm very passionate about it. And like I said, I know I drive you guys crazy because I've kind of pushed CrossFit to the side and you like to have that total fitness, but I'm just, I just love to concentrate on the We, we just love having you here, man. And, yeah, seriously. Uh, and it is, it's, it's, it's every time I come in, it's, it's like a mini vacation away from the world when I come in here because you have to concentrate so completely and totally on it. And you're doing physical work, and by the time you leave, um, the problems of the day don't seem so daunting. Yeah. And now, I don't know where you want to go with this, but now it's even more. Talk about making priorities. Yeah. Well, you literally we before we started this, you literally told me that you want to do the meet in October at you know, under 200 pounds. Yeah. So, I mean, again, we have a definitive goal. We have a time set for that goal and we have a process put in place to work towards that goal. Well, and, and there's a bigger goal now and it's just to live. Yep. I yeah. mean, that's, there it is. yeah, we'll definitely, uh, we'll definitely want to touch on that here in a little bit. Um, the last thing, uh, <coughs> I will say, and just brag on you a little bit. Um, if you guys have, B 
because we ha I have seen you go through barbell and you know working through uh, the, the elbow injury, working through um, just tightness and you know sitting all day and stuff like that. You're for where you're at and where you started. It's been night and day, you know, and seeing you focus and laser focus on you know these are the two things I'm going to do and I want to do them as best I possibly can. Um, and not to mention the PRs along the way and the celebrations and things like that. Um, it's been it's been just fun, truly fun to watch. Uh, and one thing you said that I I really like and one of the things that I love about our place and I think any CrossFit gym if you're doing it well is um, it's so many things to so many different people. Mm -hmm. You know, to some people it truly is just they're going to come in, they're going to work out for an hour, and they're going to head out the door, and that's totally fine. But you also have people that this is an escape and um, it needs to be such in the minds of the trainers and the owners that you know you, you are a mental escape for some people that have really stressful lives, really stressful days, and we need to be a place of, um, place that we wanna be, you yeah, know? You've, you've created a refuge, really. I mean, as soon as I come through the doors, uh, actually, on the way over, from wherever I'm coming from to, to Triumph, um, I know as soon as I walk through those doors, the world gets left behind for at least two hours. And you're among people that um, are of the same mindset, whether everybody's got a story, right. but we're all here for something. Right. And me... Everybody becomes equal. Yeah. Everybody's on the same and, and plane me, I, I, I'm, I don't. I cease to become, and this is the other thing that's really cool, I cease to become like a business owner and president of a company and all this stuff. I'm just Jeff when I walk through that door. I'm just a regular guy. Hank, AKA Hank Hill. Yeah, Hank Hill or whoever, you know, <laughs> any, any number of the nicknames that I have, right? Jorts, is Jort, Jort, Hank, uh, Bobby Boucher with all the water. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sure there's a couple others I don't even, well today Derek, you know, said he was gonna get spelt put on my Oh. I think you're touching on a really, really super important part. Whether you know people kind of listening to this are currently doing CrossFit or they look at it as their form of escapism, it's just so important. Mm -hmm. I mean, for our mental state, for for us as this 2017 society to constantly be engaged, to as you just said, to be able to kind of disengage almost to a certain extent two hours you know whether it be four or five times a week whatever that looks like it's just so important and that's honestly the lore that drew me into CrossFit whenever I started doing CrossFit working in a corporate industry I was like oh what I get to go and like throw weights around and I'm not gonna get in trouble and I can <laughs> grunt and whatever you know lift and slap high fives and all that stuff and, and be around an uplifting community like sign me up for that uh, so you know whatever whatever it is and I know there's there's you know tons of communities out there that probably provide that but for me it's it's almost like two birds one stone because I get my workout in and then I also get to like you as you mentioned like leave the world behind for for an hour or two and hang out with some friends yeah yeah like yeah. this is for a lot of people this is the social hour of their day you know, it, if they it, are that busy and, and it is for me to come in and see everybody um, you know, going, you want to know what's the difference between when I started and now. I mean, I know like a bunch of people in here. 
and it's always nice to see them when you walk through the door sure. because again it gets back to the fact that um, they're interacting with you because it's voluntary right all through the day people are interacting with me because they have to in one form or the other and I have to interact with them because I have to but here it's because people want and, and all of a sudden you realize like hey I guess maybe I'm likable everybody yeah. says hi <laughs> yeah you know? yeah and so I had to come out of my shell a little bit uh, slowly but surely and um, once I did that I mean like I said everybody here uh, I, I can't think of anybody that I don't consider a friend even if I don't know them mm -hmm. I know they're of the same mindset yeah that's but I think that's a that's uh, a it's a great place to take a break uh, we come back we'll talk a little bit uh, about heat mm -hmm. uh, talk a little bit about your kind of medical situation and uh, we'll finish off with a good, a good question for you sure I'm a certified balloony if anybody wants All right. to <laughs> we'll take a quick break we'll be right back hey everyone if you like what you're hearing and you'd like to get started with this head on over to triumphstrength.net and click on the get your free session now button coach will contact you shortly Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash triumphstrength, as well as Instagram at triumphstrength. Check out our weightlifting meet at Braxton Brewery under kegsandkilos.eventzilla.net. 60 weightlifters, food trucks, and beer. Doesn't get any better than that. Come join us on July 15th for our Crystal and Bobby Memorial Workout. Uh, we're gonna run heats at 8, 9, 10, and 11 a.m. It's open to all fitness levels. Uh, should be a great time remembering uh, two really, really great people. So hopefully you can join us there. And we're back. Uh, we're here with Jeff Ryan, and we are on Everyday Athlete. Uh, we're just talking a little bit about uh, Jeff's story, his backstory, how he got here, how he came to us, and uh, where he's at right now in his life. So I would like to jump back into uh, into Heat, um, kind of your company, your president and CEO. Mm -hmm. um, and how he came to be and what you guys do. What's well, your role? <clears throat> well, I moved here from uh, Carlisle in 1998 to go to work at Heat. And it was a small company that had like five people. And we basically were a combustion sales company. We do industrial combustion. I came from a, uh, a manufacturer in Pennsylvania of burners. And, uh, so, I mean, the main focus is not to blow stuff up. Okay. I mean, that's, that's that's really. Or to what, blow stuff up in a confined space. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, we we per, we prefer to call it rapid controlled oxidation rather than. <laughs> it is. That's a fancy <laughs> term. Yeah. Um, with the intention, um, the owners founded the company in 1975, and they were represented by the manufacturer that I was uh, that I was at, and I was in charge of their territory plus a couple others throughout the country. And they approached me and uh, flew me out here and said that they have a 10-year plan of retiring and they're looking for somebody to take over the business and would I be interested in taking that chance and moving out here and working for them for that time period as kind of an audition to make sure I wasn't a complete idiot and, right. you know and so uh, no family nothing out here I packed up my family and we we uh, moved out here 
uh, and took a chance. Now, was it smooth sailing? No. Uh, got divorced two years after I moved here. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, but it all turned out good. I have a great, great wife now and a good family. But to to go to go further in, in uh, 2008, um, the deal was completed. They backed. They they retired. Uh, I, I purchased the company and um, managed to somehow not drive it in the ground, and it actually grows. Uh, you know, we went from uh, 1.5 million in sales to we're looking at uh, 10 million this year. Ah, uh, congratulations! Again, I I don't know how. But I I never went to business school, but I got a much like you guys have I've here I've attempted to build a team of great people yeah. because I can't take credit for I mean anybody who says they can take credit singularly for 10 million dollars in sales is well an actual certified loony yeah yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah <laughs> and plus they're probably a well, jerk well that's 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 <laughs> that's huge um, and for those of you guys who, who don't know Jeff has essentially been a mentor to Mark and I, um, Jeff, uh, we meet, try and meet basically once a month, uh, have breakfast together and, you know, we get a lot of do this, don't do that, um, set us in the right direction as far as um, just uh, the mindset. And I think it definitely carries over. Uh, we've definitely, I think Mark and I were down one, maybe one road and Jeff kind of steers towards another road and it's always been the right road. Um, it's it, nothing like a little pressure now. Yeah, when we sit yeah. There and talk. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, what do you what do you see carry over from kind of your gym life to work? I will say, as far as maybe like the the focus and the drive, I think clearly you have a goal set in mind here, and mm -hmm. you're, you're going to accomplish it. Accomplish that. I think that's very true as far as your work as well. Yeah, um, I think they complement each other really well. Once you're, uh, if you really sit down and think about it. And you look at all these people out here too, and, and the number of professions they do, they have. Uh, I mean, you run the you run the gamut. Oh yeah, you know. But to to a person, they're all driven. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, for no matter what they do, and they're all in their in in each of our own right. Um, I'd say we're successful. Now, do you measure success because you have a business or something? No. I think you measure success by taking what you've, the gifts you've been blessed with and going as far as you can take them. Wow. Anything less than that, I think, is just a waste of, waste of those talents. Yeah. Well, and, and to your point about assembling the correct team is uh, a part of that gift is knowing the right people to, to bring to your team. You know, and, and how to mold those people. Because you, your talents may be limited, mm -hmm. but if you can put people in the right spot, they're expanding your talents through their talents. Exactly. You can't do everything. Yeah. I mean, I can do certain things really Mark good. can. I, can. No. <laughs> I mean, don't tell anybody, but I can't do everything. But um, I can do certain things really well, um, but I can't do other things really well. And the one thing I've never been afraid to do is hire people that I consider smarter than myself for what they're doing. And 100%. it doesn't, it, and, and that's 
really, like I said, I can't take credit for, for the success of Heat. I have to give that all to the team because they're, you put the right people in place. I think we, yeah, we've, I, Mark and I have said it a bunch where I want to be the worst coach here. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, one of the things you're talking about, I know it's been a kind of a choke point, if you will, for us, is uh, putting systems in place. And I, I know, I'm, sh I'm sure Heat has gone through that process as well. Uh, and, and kind of even going back to a little earlier in this in this conversation about building relationships. Like you said, you, you saw people saying hello and goodbye. And just as, as, as maybe as little as that might seem to some people, but I know personally, as a consumer, if I'm going into potentially buy something, and maybe I've been there a couple of times, if they know my name or if, if they remember to send me a birthday card or, or you know something like that, uh, I'm more than likely gonna you know probably entertain the idea of shopping there more. Um, you know, again, I know we're getting a little off in the weeds, but with building a business, it's it's important to not overlook the little things, and I feel like you've probably um, know how to do that like with your customers as far as you can probably tell who's going to be a good customer who's going to be a headache even walking through your doors I've because I've been out to your office and you know the, the people that sit at the front desk I come in it's you know hi how you doing you know it's like even a simple hello and how can I help you is it sounds so dumb but it yeah. goes such a long well, way well, we've all been there and had that bad experience where you walk in whether it's a hotel or whatever it is, and, and there's someone there, and they're just with their head down, or they're mm -hmm. not saying anything, and then when you actually approach them, it's an in, you know it's like you're inconveniencing them. Yeah, yeah. And, and especially when you're talking about the, the kind of things that you're doing, I, I uh, again, to brag on Jeff a little bit, I, he gave me the opportunity, came out and took a bunch of photos for a, a trade show you guys were doing out in West Virginia, and uh, number one, I saw Jeff kick into boss mode, and it, it it was impressive to watch. Uh, and you're again, you're one of the most humble people I know, and so I'll brag on you for you. <laughs> to watch you basically run a show, but also to put the people in place is when it's I don't know how to do that. Go talk to so and so, and to know the the your limits, and then when to step in. It was pretty amazing to watch. I actually have a photo of Jeff uh, basically watching the burner being put in, and it's it's just like a proud papa watching this thing go in. It's it was it's massive, by the way. Um, it was really really cool to watch, and again, just is a testament to the team that you've assembled and putting those right people in the right place. And they were all incredibly nice. Oh well, you know, like they 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 had no idea who I was. You know, we're cracking jokes at the end of the three days. I mean, it's just a, a group of nice people. Well, that's, you know, above and beyond their skills, technical skills. I like to hire people, granted, that, are, that I consider smarter than myself in, in, the, in the areas I'd like to put them in. But they also have to be genuine people and yeah. nice. Absolutely. And because... And they have to, they have to respect the fact that uh, the guy at the guard shack for these businesses, some of these big facilities that we go to, you should treat him with the same amount of respect as you treat the plant manager when you're sitting there. Yeah. And I haven't really ever told them, here's how I expect you. I've just kind of 
let them see how to do it. And what you said coming into the place with the uh, with the ladies in their front office, you know, um, it didn't get there overnight. There was a lot of tough lessons. I mean, this this was all learned the hard way. Yeah. I mean, we did have some, you know, people that didn't have the right chemistry, so to speak. Well, but that's why we appreciate almost the mentorship is, you know, we've, not that we haven't had some hard lessons, but we've got to skip a couple of those lessons because Jeff said do it this way because I've done it the wrong way. And that's, again, I can't tell you how much we appreciate that because you're, you're not only saving us heartache, but you're also making us more successful in the long run. Well, I appreciate that, but I'll never, I'll never speak to something that I haven't had personal experience with. And believe me, I've, I've had plenty of screw-ups, man. I'm, I'm a hard-headed Irishman. I don't learn until I get smacked between the eyes and <laughs> two by four, right? Uh, that's just, and then once you get smacked between the eyes, you think, man, I'm never going to do that again. And then if you guys have a similar situation, I'll tell you. Like, look, if you want to avoid getting smacked between the eyes with a two by four, <laughs> go, go this, this other way. direction. Because I, I can tell you, this this direction is 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 nowhere. This is a this would probably be a tough question to answer, uh, but maybe there's the first thing that comes to the top of your head uh, in regards to being a little bit of a mentor and experience behind the wheel of a company. Um, what what's the biggest piece of advice you could give to someone who's maybe just starting out? Well. It's not, it's not a one-sentence bumper sticker type slogan, no. I would say. But what I would say is, you know, the first thing is, you better be absolutely certain and have a complete, utter love and passion for what it is you want to do. Because if you're going to do it just to make money, um, it'll kick your butt. Because it's going to kick your butt anyway. So you've got to have that drive and passion for whatever field you've chosen. Because when the, the butt kickings can continue for months. Years. And the only, yeah, years. <laughs> and, the only thing, and the only thing that keeps you going is that belief in yourself and what you're doing and that passion for what you're doing. So the biggest thing, the best thing I'm, the thing I'm best at, and I think I'm pretty good at, is I don't give up. Um, other than that, the experiences that one would have when they start a business, they'll be different but the same. And if you don't give up and you just keep pressing forward, as hard as that is, because believe me, there's been times, as I said, months, where the only thing that got me out of bed that morning, because you miss paychecks. Uh, I know you guys are familiar with that. You don't know how you're going to pay your 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 personal bills. Um, sometimes the, the sometimes business is in such a downturn that you don't know how you're going to pay your personal bills. You don't know how you're going to make payroll. Um, but you can't you can't quit, even though you feel like it sometimes. And the only thing that got me out of bed was this attitude of I'm not gonna this isn't over until they carry me out of there mm. and one way or the other and then my mom used to tell me something I used to just it used to just drive me crazy but I'm, I believe it now and it's not a uh, whenever I say this 
I don't say it lightly, even though it can be taken lightly, because I think it's, I think everybody says this, but when I say to other guys, you guys, if you're going through a, a situation or something, but even some of my team, if we have a challenge ahead, I mean, we, we set a course and we, we analyze it and we try to correct it. But I always have this, this uh, belief that things always work out as long as you work at them. Mm -hmm. They may not work out the way you thought they would or the way you wanted them to, but they work out. Yeah. As long as you don't quit. If you quit, nothing ever works out, man. Okay. Yeah, I think to that point, uh, that's a lot of good stuff, by the way, Jeff. Thank you. This is why we love Jeff, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, and I think we can both, I won't speak for Jared, but just for myself, um, whenever we took this business on, uh, you know, I think we had this vision where, you know, the fastest way between two points is a straight line, and we thought that was going to be pretty straight, but we, we found out it's a pretty rocky road. Uh, to where we started and where we eventually want to go. Yeah. And we to where we are, to where to we the, are, and then where we want to go. Yeah. To, to that point, you know, you mentioned about not quitting, and uh, one of the things I'll say about you know being an entrepreneur and just um, you know this grind that it is, day in and day out. And I, and I know people just think we kind of work out all day and um, you know play spike ball or whatever, <laughs> but there's a little more yeah. to it. But I, I will say this, and I can say this with uh, the utmost confidence because I know it's true because I've experienced it, and it's you don't know what you're fully made of until your back is up against the wall and you're faced with a decision like, it'd be really easy to just fold this whole thing up and put my resume in and rely on my degree and go back to you know, a job with a 401k um, and insurance and all that stuff. And And there's been several times where we've, you know, I don't want to say we've had a serious conversation about it, but there's been some times where it's like, man, I just, this, this isn't, this is not easy at all. Yeah. This is actually the hardest thing I've ever done. And uh, the, the hu humility aspect of it is so real. Uh, whenever you have to, you know, maybe uh, drive something you don't want to drive or wear, not, not necessarily get caught up in all the materialistic things that that life kind of sells you on mm -hmm. to be an entrepreneur and build a business for three, five, we don't know, 10 years, you know? Long game. Yeah, it's the long game. So, but like you said, you have to have a passion, which we've discovered through this business. You have to have the stick to itness, which we have discovered because our back has been up against the wall several times. And it's really easy at the end of the day with people like yourself here that mentor us and just our members in general, um, and just how we want to make them better day in and day out. That's for me what 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 I keep coming back to, and, and the, the answer is a resounding yes, Mark. Stay with it, keep doing it, these people deserve it, and ultimately you deserve it. Yeah. Well, you guys better stick with it, because I'll be lost. <laughs> I, I don't know where I where um, go. One of the things that make your story all that more impressive is uh, I know you have some medical issues that you are in the process of dealing with and have been dealing with for some time. Mm -hmm. uh, I've gotten good news, bad news, good news, bad news. We've, it sounds like we're on the good news kind of upswing at the moment. Oh, yeah. Um, let me talk a little bit about kind of how everything came to fruition and where you are now. Yeah. Um, when I was, you were talking about my adventures when I was younger, uh, football, 
you get knocked in the head. I got concussions there. And uh, then after college, I did go-kart racing, not fun carts. These were actual racing go-karts. And back in 1986, I'm sorry, 85 when I started, and this was again back in Pennsylvania, uh, at that time in, in 85 dollars, 1985 money, uh, my go-kart was 2,500 bucks. So, wow, that's a, that's a nice, card, it's a nice car now. Yeah, <laughs> and, and funny story, I, I, just a little off the reservation is, I needed a new engine, it was 800 bucks, hmm. so I emptied the checking account out. <laughs> and I had to tell my, at that time, my wife then, that uh, we didn't have any money in the checking account because I bought an engine. Oh yeah, how'd that and go? Actually, now I don't know what she was thinking inside, but she said, did you need it? I said, yeah. She goes, okay. Okay. So, but yeah, and you, when you get bit by the racing bug, you do stupid stuff like that. But I had some really bad accidents in go-karts. You don't have roll cages. Your head is the, uh, the, roll, the roll cage. cage. And uh, then I did some boxing in high school. And once my mom found out, she, she went bonkers and put an end to that. Uh, did karate and um, I think that's about it. <laughs> that's a but, lot. That's but, a lot. you know, in boxing, I only did it for a few months, but I, would, I was getting my I was getting pounded because I didn't know I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I mean, I was sure. getting better, but there was guys they would put you in the ring as you were actually their sparring partner. I wasn't smart enough to realize that I was like cannon fodder. All the new guys were put in to be the better fodder. Yeah. yeah. So you're trying to learn this, and you're thinking this guy's just beating the crap out of me. <laughs> What's going on? So anyway, um, so. I stopped all that silliness uh, in my mid-20s because uh, we had our first child. And when you have a family, you can't be doing all that other stuff. I mean, you, you, families change everything, right? Kids change everything. Sure. I mean, time-wise, finance, financial situation, I mean, everything changes if you want to do it right. And um, so, when I'm fine, and I'm getting somewhere with this, so just hang with me. <laughs> and, you know, fast forward from those early years of doing all that, doing all that stuff and getting uh, concussions and blows to the head numerous times and things to uh, a few years ago. And um, I went into, I started to go into a tailspin into a, a very deep darkness. Uh, people can, uh, they called it severe chronic depression, but I mean, I don't think that describes it well enough. Right. You know, um, uh, I can understand. I mean, it wasn't diagnosed at that time. I don't know I, until just recently when I went to the clinic in DC, but I can understand it back when this really started to hit me. Um, I can understand why these football players that had CD took their life, because you don't know what's happening, and you think you're going crazy. Now, I never got to that point, but I can say there was times I wouldn't have minded if the truck veered off the road. Right, you know? that's, that's, and, that's uh, again, while, while running a business, while dealing with family, and I mean, yeah. it's, it's like, 
that's again why I kind of mentioned it's it's all that more impressive. Um, and when you kind of came to us the first time, I believe you sent us an email and we kind of read it out. I mm. mean, again, that was the first. I mean, it was like wow. Uh, puts things in perspective. Number one. Um, number two. I know that you thought they pre-diagnosed it with CTE because again they can't. Um, diagnosed till after. Yeah, until you're dead. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> so that's kind of inconvenient. But we've we're kind of on a little bit of an upswing because you've been going out to Washington, correct? Yeah, um, you know, I can't say for the last three years it hasn't been better. I mean, it's been nominally better, but I wasn't willing to accept that this was my new normal until I'd exhausted every avenue I could. Right. You know, and. Um, I discovered this Amen Clinic. They have a number of facilities, and they do they specialize in head trauma, and they do these special scans and stuff. So I went out there to D.C. and I go there once a month now. But they did these scans and stuff, and they actually showed me on the scans. They could they did a comparison of what a healthy brain looks like to what mine looks like, and when I saw mine, it took me a minute to accept the fact that there was some physical damage there. Right. But actually, oddly enough, I was relieved because I knew I just wasn't going crazy for no reason, right? And, you know, in addition to that, you guys didn't know this because I never let on until now, and I'm not afraid of this story. That's why I'm sharing it because now that I know, I'm thinking that if other people have an issue like this, it, it need, the stigma of, of uh, so-called mental illness um, has been put on people for far too long. Right. Um, but you guys don't know this, but the times that I didn't show up for a week or two, I couldn't. I couldn't move. I would come home from work. You're talking about running right. a business. I had everything I could do to make it through the day. And I would come home and I would just sit in the overstuffed chair and turn on TV and I couldn't concentrate on anything. I just turned the TV on for background noise. And you're almost paralyzed. Actually you are. So it's it's not only in your head that you can't do anything, you just literally can't get out of your chair. And I knew I couldn't go on like that. So I went to this clinic and I would come in here and it was a refuge. When, and, and there are times when I force myself to get out of the chair and come in here. And I always knew I felt better leaving here, but there was still this cloud in the background. Right? Right. <clears throat> so I went to the clinic uh, a few months ago, and these people were great. And what it did was it's kind of a holistic approach. I've got different medications because they actually physically looked at my brain and decided, okay, this isn't working, you need to have this and this and this. And that's helped too. But what really has helped and what has really redoubled my efforts to be here as much as possible is there's a nutrition program, special supplementation program, and a rigorous fitness requirement. It's the same protocol that they use. The, the treatment protocol I'm on, uh, I'm under, is the same 
treatment protocol that they use for hockey players and football players. And people were wondering, nutrition and everything? Well, there's been so many studies now. I was ignorant of this, but since I've been uh, going to the clinic, uh, I get supplements and news, newsletters and stuff about all these studies that were done connecting your physical health, your physical well-being with your mental well-being. Sure. And, I mean, it makes sense now, but we're, we're such, the, the medical profession is so concentrated on dealing with symptoms and not the overall. Right. And it makes sense now. And, you know, you, I've been coming here for a while, and you guys preach nutrition and the whole holistic approach, right? Well, again, like I said before, I'm a hard-headed Irishman. <laughs> you know, I think, yeah, yeah, I'll get to that, right? And I was just having fun coming in. But when I sat down and I got my diagnosis uh, a few months ago, um, the doctor who's in charge of my care team, as they call it, um, said, you know, here's, here's, your, here's your diagnosis. And there was three things. I can't remember. It's, it's all medical jargon, but it wasn't. It was kind of scary looking at it. And, but if you do this, 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 and this, I feel very confident that you will get better. We've seen this before. And That's fantastic news. She said, and this is what, okay, you have these defining moments. Here's another defining moment. Um, as if I needed more, right? Um, she said, we can't force you to do this. Um, I mean, you know, we, we can't even force you to take your medication. We can't force you to follow the nutrition program. We can't force you to buy these supplements and take them. Uh, we can't force you to do a fitness program. But here it is. And if you want to live, this is what you have to do. Does that mean you're going to die tomorrow? No. You'll probably get dementia, possibly Alzheimer's, and then you'll kick off. And that could happen in three, five, seven, maybe get lucky at 10 years. And at that point, um, you know, there's a, there's a huge moment of clarity right there because everything, everything comes fast forward. You're thinking about, I want to be here for, I want to be able to retire because Angie and I have plans for after we retire to travel all over. I'm looking at not being able to do that. I want to see my grandkids grow up. I want to see my children continue to thrive. Um, I want to be there for Danielle's graduations. Right. I want to see how big I can make this business before I, which pales in comparison to all the other stuff, but still I have that drive. I want to see what I can do. The fear of running out of time. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like and that, now that I'm that looking people at people and, you know, whenever that does it, whenever you're given that, I think you hear all these stories, right, about whenever someone gets diagnosed um, with, with a cancer, you know, the, or, or something like that, then all of a sudden it's like, they, they, they start to create this bucket list and now the time is against them and it's, it's weird I wish we could get to people 
earlier on with this nutrition fitness like you said and we did the, the, Jeff. The, yeah the, you did with me i just exactly. wasn't it just wasn't the, getting through to well me. yeah i mean but but really like you know as uh, your metaphor was hitting the head with a two by four it's like how do we legalize that first of all so we can hit people <laughs> just don't um, hit me because yeah, i don't need any right hits no to definitely not and, uh, definitely yeah. not um but you know in essence that to where man i just wish more people got it and people were probably saying, well, you don't have, you know, three kids and you don't have this job and you don't have da 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 And what I hear is excuses. Uh, and there's nothing more important than, than your life because what's, like I said, what's a 401k if, if you can't ever live to actually pull that out, um, you know, so on and so forth. But not to cut your story off, you can continue. But I, I just thought it's, it's super pertinent to mention so many people um, talk about the long game of financial grandkids all this stuff but they don't talk about the long game of health and I'm, I, I don't know again I think that's pretty important well actually <laughs> I, I agree with you now I mean it's taken me sure know, well welcome to the club Jeff but um, <laughs> no when you get when you sit through when you're sitting there and you, you get this piece of information about you need to do this or here's what you can expect and, and like you said, Jared, you're, you're running out of time, and that's what. And to your point, Mark, about making fitness, well, your health. All of a sudden, you realize. And I'm lucky, okay. I, I'm one of the lucky ones. Um, my condition is reversible. Sweet. You know, in a couple years. Um, they're going to do scans every six months. And I'll be able to see the healing process happen. Yeah. But I have to do this for the rest of my life. I have to stay with this program um, the rest of my life. So I had to make a commitment to my health. Sure. And you're just like you said, what good's a 401k if you're not? I mean, what good is a what? What good is? Uh, a 401k or or any of those material things that you work so hard for your entire life if you can't take advantage of them at the, you know after you retire and that's what I was looking at and I don't want to live forever I mean I didn't come here to get in shape so I could beat father time because the punchline is we know none of us get out of here a lot right and but I do want to be able to have as full a life as I can while I'm here. Absolutely. And I think that's a, uh, that's a phenomenal thing, stopping point. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, again, thank you, Jeff, for everything. Thanks for uh, being on here. Thanks for telling your story. Uh, it's been, we've known it for some time, and I, I'm truly excited to have other people hear it because uh, it's just been, it's been fun, not only fun, but just truly awe-inspiring to watch you go from where you were to where you are now, and the fact that you have this kind of new direction and this new um, excitement about where you're going. Yeah, so. we're, we're rooting for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Thanks, guys. We're, we're super proud of you, man. Well, uh, again, thank you for listening to Everyday Athlete. Uh, join us next week as we dive deep into the lives of the people who make us great. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you, guys. Thank you.